Nothing much. How about you? I'm going very well. Thank you. Good feet, man. More than just a, a, a LinkedIn profile. <laughs> uh, same here, man. Um, so what's going on with you today? Like, been busy? Every day. Every single day. Um, I'm looking at my to-do list. Um, <clears throat> just knocking out multiple things here, man. Too much to take you through. But everything ranging from uh, economic development projects in Inslee to homelessness to misinformation to uh, the ACE program. So uh, just a lot of different areas covering today. Yeah. Okay. That did sound like a lot. <laughs> um, so I basically just kind of want to go over how you became you and like what's going on with the administration. Is that okay? okay. We can, but first you got to tell me a little bit more about what you're doing here. Tell me about your podcast and your goals for it. Podcast and the goals for it. Um, I don't know. Basically, it's just a podcast that I've been, um, it's been more about political stuff, but I also um, have interviews that's kind of like just trying to give value. Um, so I'm kind of like, I'm, I'm separating the uh, podcast into like three different podcasts, actually. So I got one that's more political, one more about um tech and another one i'm about to do about um space also <laughs> wow so, so so you went to state did i go to state yeah and you went to state also i'm thinking yeah, that's right go hornets <laughs> okay yeah um when did you go to state by the way if you don't mind me asking that 95 to 2000 hmm. 95 to 2000 i played beta uh alpha in 96 so spring 96 so yeah Hmm. Okay, 96. Yeah, graduated 20 years ago, man. So this is my 20th year in Birmingham. So I've actually been writing on my blog 20 different insights or reflections of my in my personal and professional journey. Just this morning, I posted one about time management and personal productivity. So um, I'm really tuned in on this moment we're in, um, not only as a city, but for me as a professional, as an HBCU grad, you know, as a black man, as a civic leader, and as an innovator been a good time okay um where are you actually originally from milwaukee wisconsin okay yeah i went to from milwaukee man went to a tech high school 
Uh, so I, I specialized. I got a certificate in the electric trade. So when I walked across the stage of graduation, I got a diploma in one hand and a certificate in the next and had a, had an option to not take all the student debt to go and start making really good money right away and opted to do the college route. But I was, I was thankful to come up at a time where that option was provided to go right into a trade craft. Um, and that's something we're trying to do in Birmingham through Birmingham Promise. We think that we can raise an entire generation of young folks who don't have any student debt, who are connected to Alabama, um, who want to come back home and make Birmingham better uh, by buying homes and starting businesses without being saddled with the type of debt that so many of us are being impacted by right now. Okay, okay. Wow. Um, were you big into sports growing up, by the way? No, I mean, I enjoyed going to, you know, I enjoyed celebrating and cheering for the Milwaukee Bucks, the Green Bay Packers. Um, you know, those are those are the home teams. But um, not not a lot. My dad was a big basketball star in Birmingham, you know, excuse me, in Milwaukee. Um, so I grew up playing basketball, but I didn't do a lot of organized sports. My sport, for the most part, when I was growing up was, was civic engagement. I was involved with a lot of from Boy Scouts to, to cultural arts programs, they had me involved in a lot of culture and civic engagement, which ultimately became my career. Hmm. Okay. So when you first got out of school, you actually did go into, um, you said a trade? Um, was it electric? That's what I was certified in when I was in high school. But instead of going into the trade, I went to college. Oh, you did go to college right after, out of high school? Okay. And did you go to another college after state? I did. So I went to a school called Carroll College for years, right outside, right outside of my hometown, in Milwaukee, in, in a town called Waukesha. And so I went there for a year. Um, I went there because you know some friends from high school went, um, my high school girlfriend, and it was close. And you know, it was good. It was an interesting experience. But I transferred out to go south to be with my little sister who was going, leaving King High School to go down to Alabama State. Uh, I also wanted to pledge Alpha. We did not have a chapter there in Carroll College. And frankly, you know, I'm a bit of an adventurer. So the notion that I go a thousand miles away from home to have a different experience, uh, literally a different world uh, was exciting uh, for me. So Alabama State was good for me. Um, it wasn't easy. It took me seven years to get from high school through college. A lot of trying times, a lot of um, work. I worked. I was a student leader. Uh, I lost credits when I did internships during the summers. And I actually had to sit out of school a semester, uh, drive a school bus and do my artwork to, to pay off a, a previous student loan so that it would send my transcripts to Alabama State. So just getting through college was a lot for me. So when I got to Birmingham, I was pretty tested and, and ready to, to make an impact right away. Hmm. How many colleges did you actually go to overall? For undergrad, those two. And then for grad school, I went to the University of Alabama for my okay. MBA. So I suppose that's three. And what did you take up at um, University of Alabama? It was my master's of business administration. So I went through the executive MBA program there, which doesn't have a specialization. So it's just a general MBA. But I got to do that. I got to do that in a cohort of, of uh, man, some really talented people who had already been in the workforce. So instead of going into an MBA program with other people who 
basically went straight from undergrad to grad school. I was in there with the CFO from a major biotech organization and people who did drilling for years. Um, so when we start talking about energy and fracking or talk about bio or talk about technology, we have somebody who worked for uh, Smith and Wesson up in, in Huntsville. Um, so to, for them to bring the, that perspective into the classroom, man, it's made it a very rich experience. I encourage anybody who's thinking about going to grad school or is thinking about getting a certificate, it's not just about the, the, the academic part in terms of the, the programmatic piece. One might assume that the information is going to be very similar from one place to another. What will be different is the quality of instruction and the quality of the ancillary pieces around there, which might be access to internships or jobs when you finish or access to a group of peers that might um, have entrepreneurial ambitions. So it's not just about what you're doing and what you're going to uh, receive on paper. It's also going to be those intangibles that, that, that will fr frankly have more impact on your career and your opportunities. So it's been, it's been good, man. It's been, it's been a good ride. Okay. Would you say that's a big difference between um, Wisconsin and Alabama? Yeah, there's some really big differences. I wrote about this at one point. Um, the main difference, there's a couple of them. One of the major differences between, at least what I experienced between Milwaukee and Birmingham is that many of the streets and buildings down in Birmingham and Alabama are named after uh, Grand Wizards of the KKK. Um, you know, Edmund Pettus Bridge is named after some African-American hero and what is a symbol of, you know, black liberation. It's a symbol of white supremacy. And so where I grew up, you know, Paul Roberson, Marcus Garvey, Malcolm X is emblazoned on street names and on buildings and, and institutions, community institutions are named after these folks. Here, that's less the case. And so uh, while we've honored some of our heroes, we still have a lot of monuments to um, ignoble, um, oppressive, forces that have really impacted black folks and, and people of color in general. So that's one of the big differences is who we say we are and the physical manifestations. A couple months ago, as you may know, um, we were standing out here with our mayor as we tore down the Confederate monument that has been here in Birmingham for more than, you know, 40 years and, uh, excuse me, 50 years. And so um, that has been that's that's something that we don't deal with in the Midwest, specifically in Milwaukee, because we don't have those type of structures there. But here is a very real deal. So that's a pretty big difference. Uh, the other difference, of course, is uh, the barbecue and the sweet tea. So you know, okay. no, nobody's touching nobody's touching Birmingham and Alabama in that. Mm. So y'all don't have sweet tea in uh, Wisconsin? Not for real. Mm. Not for real. You got to you have to put it in there yourself. Mm. Okay. Um, what is the Academy of Civic Engagement? Ah, ACE. So the Academy of Civic Engagement is a community-oriented, um, I want to call it a development program because it's not like a leadership program where we're teaching people skills, but it works like this. We have a free program that is open to any Birmingham resident that basically allows them to do two things. I think about it vertically and horizontally. Vertically, what we're trying to do is get residents to connect with the people who actually make their city go. 
So over a period of seven weeks as a resident, you get to apply this program. The only way you get rejected is if you don't live in the city of Birmingham. So we verify your, your residence. And over a period of seven weeks prior to COVID, we would actually go to a regional library every single week and we would bring to you every city leader that is that is running different departments. I mean, the chief of police, the head of public works, the head of the Museum of Art, you name it, we're delivering to a group of residents, people who are actually, frankly, engaging their tax dollars to, in, in, to enhance the quality of life. Typically, you don't know who these people are unless you're really, really paying attention. And when I say these people, I mean the directors. So the people who run the city are busy running the city. They're, a lot of them are not on the news. They're not doing out, sending out press releases. They're just running the city on your behalf as residents. So what we sought to do was, you know what, let's take a moment in time and bring these people directly to residents who really want to know, why do y'all cut the lots that way? Why don't you cut the lots that way? Why don't y'all go through the alleys and pick up that trash? So you can be face-to-face -face with the guy who actually is responsible for that and say, listen, the trucks are too wide for the alley. Or they can tell you directly, the city of Birmingham is two times as large landmass-wise as the city of Boston but has a third of the population. Think about that. A third of the population, but two times the landmass. What are the implications for response time for crime? What are, what are the implications for being able to pick up trash? Just the sheer amount of ground we have to cover, given the number of resources we have, has our, our, our city's business model upside down. Like, ACE is the place where we literally have those types of conversations about everything at the city. That's vertically though. That's you as a resident getting to know people who run the city all the way up to the mayor, city councilors and directors. But on the horizontal level, what's powerful about ACE is you're sitting in this room in the library and you're literally sitting with other residents and y'all are looking to your left and looking to your right. And you're like, wait a minute, you're passionate about this. You're passionate about this, but we don't talk as residents. We don't talk. So this is also a space where residents get to organize and lift up their voices more collectively but, or debate issues. I've been in rooms with, with ACE participants where one, one group was over here lamenting the fact that the city wasn't doing a certain thing. The other group was over here saying, wait a minute, that's not their job, that's our job. We don't want the government coming in to tell us how we should run our neighborhoods. They're our neighborhoods, so we got to fix it and healthy dialogue ensues, you know? We don't have, it's, it's our job, it's part of my role to assure that we have spaces like that for those conversations to take place. Um, and that's actually one of the things that motivates me most in this work. We're actually about to kick off the next ACE class tomorrow, uh, which is October 22nd. And we will um, be running this program all the way until I believe the first or second week of December. So anybody watching this is from Birmingham that lives in the city of Birmingham, not in the area, but in the city. This is for the residents of Birmingham. You can sign up and jump on in. Um, when are they having the classes? Like they have them every what? We typically have them every fall. The last two years we've done them spring and fall, but with COVID happening, we don't know what's going to happen in the spring. We're just we're just committed to doing it this fall. Um, but we had um, two hundred and fifty people participate in the first class. We had 150 people participate in the last class that we held. 
and I think we're just at about 100 for this one, which will be mostly virtual, but it'll be some really, really cool engagement uh, via video. We've got quizzes, uh, prizes. It's going to be it's going to be a boatload of fun, along with some, some special guests that will be joining us. Sounds interesting. Um, yeah. and, okay. and it's unique. So if you look at this, is you got to look across the, the entire nation at what civic engagement looks like for cities, transparency measures, civic engagement. Uh, I'm involved with a lot of that stuff here at the city. And so this is our program is unique because of the number of people that we engage. Many other cities just do it in classes with like 35, 40, maybe even 50 people. We're engaging hundreds. Hundreds, okay. So how are y'all gonna do that tomorrow um, with COVID? Like, are y'all gonna space everybody out? Or? It'll be all virtual. Oh, all virtual. And that's why I was telling you before, we would be able to engage the library, but right now we can't because the libraries have been shut down since March. And even if we reopen those, as you may know, we have some active furloughs right now until we're able to bring those people back and we will bring them back. Um, and, and when we're through COVID, because even if you brought everybody back, what are they gonna do? The buildings aren't open, right? So um, we're at a place right now where we're gonna do as much as we can with what we have. And when the resources come, come back to fully fund us and we're safe and healthy, then we're gonna be doing this all over again so we're, we're excited about ace it's a great program okay okay is tomorrow the only day or is it going to happen more more classes the orientation is to kick off or you know we'll have more of a formal presentation it'll be fun a little bit of pop and circumstance but starting next week we start to go through so every week basically um class members will be able to learn about infrastructure so they'll have a, a lot of videos and in and, 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 and some live sessions as well, Q&A with, with different people. Uh, and I think that's up against six or seven topics. So infrastructure, education, uh, public safety, neighborhood revitalization, um, entrepreneurship and jobs. And so that will involve multiple departments for each one. So it's a, it's a very, it's basically like a curriculum program. So there's a real curriculum to it. There's a real order and structure. Um, that effort is led by our Office of Social Justice and Racial Equity. And is led by that team more than any other because oftentimes we find that people with resources know how to navigate. If you've been in this space before, you know how to get there. Or you can hire a lawyer that knows how to submit the right forms and get the right information. But what about Big Mama? What if Big Mama just wanna know why y'all do things the way you do it? But what about a young, a young leader? who's really just trying to understand it so that they can determine how they want to engage or they can communicate with other people or they can consider, you know, what leadership looks like in this space. So we see, we see ACE as an equitable solution to um, accountability, to transparency, to engaging our residents and um, with an eye toward ensuring that people who are less likely to get this information are prioritized. So we're trying to privilege the voices. That's why it's residents only. We're not, we're not, we're not allowing people who don't live in the city to take these seats because we're prioritizing and privileging the voices of our residents. Does that make sense? It does, it does. Um, you just mentioned the Office of Social Justice and is it um, equity? Social justice, unequal equity. Racial equity. I, what exactly do they do, that office? What, is, what are they for? They are for ensuring that the city of Birmingham with its tremendous history and legacy continues to live up to that legacy. 
And they do that in a few ways. First, they uh, are focused on policy. So for instance, we passed uh, the Human Rights Commission in the fall of 2017 as the mayor was coming into office. They created this organization that's intended to take um, concerns from the public and to be able to have a form to be able to address those, particularly around discrimination issues or issues of equity and representation. Um, we have our LGBTQ liaison, for instance. So we actually have the mayor has an advisory core advisory council made up of a vast diversity of constituents from the many, many families that are within the LGBTQ plus community. And they have a seat at the table. They get to share what they're doing with one another, but also make, make a recommendation to the mayor, including policy recommendations, or even just programmatic and event type of participation. They, they have a form and an access point. Uh, we have an Office of Cultural Preservation. So right now we're redoing or revitalizing the A.G. Gaston Motel, which is um, represented in the Green Book. If you saw that book, that movie, uh, A.G. Gaston, who's uh, the, one of America's first black millionaires, um, opened that hotel. That motel has been dilapidated for, I think, 30 years or so, maybe longer. We're revitalizing that and we'll put, you know, a coffee shop in there and the place where Project C, the, the very popular and infamous uh, youth resistance strategy for the city of Birmingham, where you saw dogs and hoses on the kids in the park and those black and white and that black and white footage. Yeah. That was organized in the AZ Gaston Motel. We're going to restore the room where they planned that. And we're also going to create space for people to um, engage, engage that venue. Our goal is to have it half museum, half like Airbnb. So if you wanted to have a retreat for the people involved with your programs, you can come there, kind of be inspired by the plan for the future. Um, I could go on and on. Like we got uh, re-entry. So for people who have gone to prison or at risk of going to prison, we have programs for them. Our Freedom Fest that's produced by the city of Birmingham um, is produced through our Office of Social Justice and Racial Equity. Um, our women's initiative, which will be kicking off soon through the Office of Social Justice and Racial Equity, and many of the other special programs and initiatives. More than anything else, though, Mark, what I want you to know is programs come and go, but the way that a city sees an issue and what whose voice is allowed, I use the word privilege because we often talk about privilege in a negative way, but if we take that concept of privilege and we flip it and we make sure that people who are typically underprivileged are actually privileged, privileged, then we might have a place to have more equity. And you can't always prescribe what that's going to look like unless you have them in the room. You can't always pick and choose when you want to have people in a room. Sometimes you just need to create space for them to be there and, and allow them to help come up with solutions. And so that's what it's about. Social justice and racial equity is basically a team of advocates and organizers and programmatic experts who are trying to get the city to operate in a more equitable way. Uh, with a focus on racial equity, because even though the city is 74% black, we know that there are still policies on the books that are really not good for black folk um, and other people of color for that matter, and women for that matter, and gay folk for that matter. So somebody's got to be addressing that every single day, every day. We can never let up on that legacy. That's what that team is designed to do. Okay, okay. Um... That sounds awesome, by the way. Um, what is Birmingham Promise? There's, there's, um, so there's everything that we're talking about. There's a landing page for it. There's a website for it. 
So you can find more about our social justice team if you go to birminghamal.gov backslash social justice. Our annual report out there actually lays everything out very, very nicely. Birmingham Promise is basically a spinoff of a concept born from our mayor. Um, Birmingham Promise is similar to other Promise programs. They're really modeled after the Kalamazoo Promise in Michigan that basically sends or creates an opportunity for every graduate of Birmingham City Schools to go to an Alabama two or four year public institution tuition free. So if you went to Birmingham City Schools for 12 years and you want to go to Alabama State and you can qualify to get into Alabama State, we're going to make sure that you apply for your financial aid so you can get grants or you can get whatever measure of uh, support that you can get, scholarships and all, so that, you know. You just went out. I didn't yeah. hear you. So that, can you hear me now, okay? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. So that you don't have to take out a student loan, literally, the Birmingham Promise will cover your tuition. So there should be no student that's graduating from Birmingham City Schools who wants to go to Alabama State, Alabama A&M, the University of Alabama in Tuscaloosa, UAB, Huntsville, Mobile, or any other two or four year college that's a public institution, not a private, but a public institution. You should be able to do that without going into debt. I want you to think about what that means, man. So right now we've had a study done and research done that shows us that the city of Birmingham, residents in the city of Birmingham for the last five years on average, all of us all together are carrying about $33 million of student debt. That's just the residents of the city of Birmingham over the last five years. Imagine in the next five years if that number was zero. Like that's the big vision. The big vision is Man, you can buy your mama's or big mama's house. Man, you can start that business without having that student loan debt over you. You know, you can buy, you can start your family. There's so many considerations we make because student loan debt is literally the albatross around the neck of an entire generation. I mean, I feel look, it's, I still have student debt, but man, mine is nothing in comparison to what a lot of millennials are dealing with and Gen Z for that matter too. It's just out of control. So our mayor started this program for Birmingham. It also includes apprenticeships. So if you're in high school, junior or senior, you can actually leave school early with permission from your, from your school, go work a job in an industry that is actually looking to hire people in that space. So technology, biotech, finance, there are other clusters or industries that we've done research on and say, oh my God, these are not just jobs of the future. We need 800 programmers in a certain language right now like right now we know that specifically that's not theory so why why wouldn't we just get students started early so the city pays seven dollars and fifty cents an hour and the um employer pays seven dollars and fifty cents an hour so if you're a high school junior or senior in the city of birmingham you could be paid fifteen dollars an hour for up to 20 hours a week and get college credit excuse me and get high school credit for that time and then on top of that you get to go to a college tuition free wow. pretty dope right yeah that's, that's really dope it is and so one of the frustrations in my role is man we got to continue to get the word out i think a lot of people can be skeptical of these sorts of things they sound too good to be true um can you really do that is that real yeah 
one of the reasons Mayor Woodson got elected was because we weren't doing things like this in the city of Birmingham, and frankly, in a lot of con a lot of cities around the country. Like yeah. this is the time. So this ain't about waiting till the next leader comes. This is like right now our time. And so, Marks, I would just challenge you too, man. Look at the program. Don't wait for me. Look at the program, and you will see it's rich. If you know any kid, junior, senior in high school right now in Birmingham City Schools, you got to tell them about this program. Like. You got to be an ambassador for this program. Don't let it go. Don't let it go by the wayside. I don't know if you had student debt when you went to Alabama State, but again, I couldn't have got through college without it. I would love to have come from a city, Milwaukee, Birmingham, wherever, um, that would do that. Because I'll tell you, if Milwaukee had done that, I'd still be there. You know, we're trying to actually keep talent here. That's the, ultimately why we're doing this. It's not just because it's nice for residents. It's because self-servingly, we want that talent in Birmingham. Yeah, yeah. Have y'all noticed a lot of people leaving the city? Um, we we basically um, keep about even. So at one point there was a big a big drain, um, but now it seems to have sort of settled out. Where we do see people moving is not outside of the Birmingham region. They may just move from the city proper to one of the suburbs. So that's a challenge too. But but the good news is Birmingham Birmingham still attracts people as well. UAB is a big talent magnet, and frankly, cost of living is low here. We got the good culture, and people people like the vibe for the most part. So um, we're not growing as fast as we want to, but we're also not losing people um, either. Okay. Um, something I kept hearing about uh, was that libraries were going to get privatized. Where did that come from? Is that actually true? or? Yeah, I wouldn't even know how that could be true. <laughs> and I'm not trying to be funny. Like, what does that even mean? How do you how do you privatize a library? Uh, good question. <laughs> I do not know. Is it true Birmingham's getting a G League? I want to address you. Sorry, I was um, telling somebody I needed a few more minutes. Um, my time is going to be coming up here shortly. I want to address as many questions as possible. Okay. Um, no, the libraries are not going to be privatized. And i love to know where somebody has ever done that. That just doesn't make sense to me. Um, being in this role has really been eye-opening about what people believe and don't believe. I mentioned at the top of this discussion that one of the things I'm working on is, uh, is, a, is a note about misinformation. Because it seems to be at an all-time high. And just to be blunt, Hell, the, the misinformation in chief is, is the, the current president, from my perspective. Um, but that permeates, and it permeates even in our own communities where people hear something that just sounds horrible and they just run with it. They don't fact check it. I appreciate you asking the question so you can get a straight answer directly from somebody who knows. I wish more people would do that. That's why we have our website just loaded with information. And um, I encourage people to go to the Birmingham City of Birmingham website get the official response. If it's not sufficient, follow up with somebody. Our contact information is there and we will follow up with you. We'll follow up with you timely. Okay. Um, look like our times, I got uh, 14, I did um, 11 seconds left. You know, I had um, hit my timer okay. on. <laughs> I got you. So I guess we can wrap this up then. Um, thanks for coming on to the outlet. Um, I guess I'll talk to you next time. Yeah, man. Glad to be a part of it. Proud of you. Thank you so much for including me and let me know what I can do to help advance your, your mission. Thank you. All See right. you next time. Good luck to you. Bye. Bye-bye.